It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Cold. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday. And for bankers and bureaucrats, it's a holiday. Hang on, I'll explain it to you here. Now, it's a holiday because it's officially Columbus Day for those who forgot. Now, I always like to point out to uh, people that I've known throughout my life who are bankers and bureaucrats, they always assume that everybody has the day off. Or this whole weekend off, for that matter. And I always have to point out to them, everybody's working but you guys. Then I have to point out everybody who's working. Restaurants are open. Retail stores are going to be open. Sunday morning, I went through a car wash that was attended. It was not a self-serve car wash. It was a car wash that was attended by people. And those people were working Sunday morning on the Columbus Day weekend. Okay, A lot of accountants and lawyers and all sorts of other office personnel in general usually are showing up and working on Columbus Day. Delivery truck drivers, retail store workers, I mentioned restaurant workers, on and on this goes. Everybody's working except bankers and bureaucrats. In fact, now I wondered because Columbus Day has become one of those more controversial kind of holidays, something we all acknowledged when we were younger and taught about, but you know. So I went to Google. The reason I went to Google is Google always puts up on its page, if you type in google.com, when it comes up, Pretty much every day, they're making note of something. The words or the word itself, Google, is usually decorative in some way, and there's a picture of somebody or some cartoon or whatever, and they're honoring somebody or something. So I thought, well, are they doing anything for Columbus Day? Or are they going to put up some National Indigenous Persons Day or whatever the heck? And the answer is no. Google just did a blank, you know, generic Google. Just the word Google's there. No mention of anything else going on today. Even though this is an official holiday known as Columbus Day. So if you wonder, if you do look around and notice today that the banks are closed and government is closed, a government shutdown? Yeah, just one day. Okay. But yeah, government's closed, the banks are closed. It's because it's Columbus Day, which is supposed to be an official national holiday which means bankers and bureaucrats have it off, which is why I always advocate for, I want a holiday where it's a three-day weekend where everybody else gets the day off except bankers and bureaucrats. They have to work. That, I think, would be fair play. Okay, let's get into the big news of the weekend, but first... Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Jim and Casper writes, talk show hosts are working. Spark Electricians are working. 
people with real jobs are working today. Happy Columbus Day. I-80 John in Granite Canyon. Morning, Glenn. On my way to work. You forgot schools are closed. Oh, that they closed schools today? Okay. I didn't know they closed schools today. Okay. So bankers, bureaucrats, and teachers have today off. I completely forgot about schools. I thought they might be opening. But everybody else is working. It just those are closed for the day. All right. All right. During the course of the weekend, like a lot of people, I was doing stuff this weekend. I was busy, having a good time mostly, but working on stuff. And stuff. Don't look at me that way. Just stuff. We'll call it stuff. Okay? Nothing illegitimate. And when I was going through to see what was happening in the world. And a lot of times when it comes to the weekend, I kind of check out for a while when it comes to news because I've been so immersed in it during the course of the week, I take a break. But I do keep an eye out for, is there any huge breaking story? And one that kept coming up was what was going on in Israel? So Saturday in the morning, kind of later in the morning, I looked into, okay, fine. What's happening in Israel? Wow, Hamas attacked. Okay. Here's what happened. You know, I, you, I know a lot of you have already heard all this, but let's just review real quick. So, you know, Israel has its Iron Dome, as they call it. So if somebody fires a missile, um, another missile will go up and take it out. That doesn't mean that debris doesn't come raining down, but at least the explosion happened way up above. Well, the Iron Dome is a very effective system. It's extremely effective. So what Hamas decided to do was just to overwhelm it. And they did that several times, firing so many rockets at once. There's absolutely no way to shoot them all down. Now, at the same time, you know, uh, Gaza Strip, you've seen the border wall they put up. So Hamas had trained a bunch of guys with uh, paracels, basically, so, you know, the parachute with the engine on it. You know, the, the guy straps the engine to his back and he's got the, the parachute parasail. So these uh, Hamas operatives carrying guns and ammunition parasailed up and over. All they had to do is get over the wall. Then they can detach all of that and run in and commit acts of terrorism. They also used bulldozers to break down other parts of the wall that were more like fencing. They also went around... Uh, and, and hit some of the beaches there, so they you know, outside of Gaza and into some of the beaches and attacked. And their attack wasn't just killing people; they took prisoners, including little babies. Yeah. So they killed people. They took prisoners, and they said, "We'll return our prisoners when you release all, all of the Hamas prisoners that you have there in Israel." And the the death toll when I first heard about that, I thought, "Wow, three hundred Israelis dead." The death toll, of course, climbed on both sides considerably. When Israel hit back, I'm watching this on television, in a couple of cases, two or three maybe, there were some very tall apartment buildings that were hit by missiles, and the entire apartment building fell quickly. I mean, fast. So now, between the two sides... Um, yeah, the death toll is past 1,100 combining the two. Hostages taken. Israel has just decided to close down the Gaza Strip. So power cut off. Food not going in. Whatever food they have in there is what they have. Uh, Israel, of course, being top-notch worldwide when it comes to their special forces, have gone in and freed some hostages, the ones they could find. 
but also just hit Hamas targets, wherever they can find them. Also, Israeli jets firing unknown Hamas targets. So you can imagine Israel hitting back hard. This is just total war at this point. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, I guess Hamas just wants to be wiped out. If they're going to hit Israel in that way, then they're just interested in being totally wiped out at this point. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, essentially what Israel said was they're just going to pound Jordan into, I'm sorry, the Gaza Strip into submission. They're just going to pound it into submission. So I, I believe them because Israel doesn't hold back. I believe them. They'll do whatever they have to do. So this is about to get really ugly here, as I know it already has been. But I'm watching on the telev- the ridiculously large television they put in the studio next to me. A lot of what they're doing is running the same things over and over and over again. But every so often, their cameras go, here's what's happening live in Israel and the Gaza Strip, and you can see explosions going off and so on. There's been a video I've watched of different gunfights between Israeli troops and Hamas, and that's where we are right now. How long did it take Israel to do this? I don't know. How brutal did it get? I don't know. But in the past, Israel doesn't hold back. Israel's one of those countries, and they have to be this way if you think about it. If they get hit, okay, they don't just slap back. So when they say they're going to pound Hamas into submission, this is going to get brutal, but Israel doesn't mind that. They want to leave no doubt whatsoever what they will do to protect their country. So that's where we are right now. Barbara's in Lusk. Morning, Barbara. Some school districts are open. Ours in Niobrara is open. Aha! Okay. And Chet and Yoder is engrossed in watching it. Okay, so, yeah, Chet and Yoder just checked in to say hi this morning, but he's been watching what's been happening in Israel in the Gaza Strip this entire morning. So, okay, let me go back to Barbara and Lusk. So, let me get this straight. It's Columbus Day, which I always say holidays like that, three-day holidays like that, are for bankers and bureaucrats. So, I should say bankers, bureaucrats, and some schools, some schools have the holiday. Is that a bit more accurate? 616 is the time. Wake up. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six twenty-three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so starting off this morning with what's happening in Israel, of course, Hamas launching strikes out of the Gaza Strip. Israel pounding back. And I, I, my first instinct, though we never know with things like this, is, well, usually Israel makes short work out of something like this. We'll see what happens. But because I thought the same thing, pretty much everybody did, when Russia attacked Ukraine. Well, I, pff, Russia hitting Ukraine, it's going to be over with in just, you know, less than a week. They're going to own the country. And, of course, we're still at it. Okay, on that note, we've been providing, along with other countries, a lot of weapons to Ukraine. United States is now sending an aircraft carrier over to back up Israel. I don't think they need the aircraft carrier. I think uh, the aircraft carrier is mainly there for moral support. Israel has what it needs to take on Gaza. But, all right, we show our presence for a symbol of standing with Israel. Oh, by the way, members of the squad and other hardcore leftists are with Hamas in this one. But, all right, that's another story. 
This headline, since we're supplying so much in the way of military aid to countries around the world, especially right now in Ukraine, U.S. Army has massively ramped up ammo production, but there's a problem. Story says U.S. is ramping up production of a 155-millimeter artillery ammunition faster than expected after depleting stocks for Ukraine. But it still might be barely enough to sustain Ukraine's needs, experts told the Daily Caller News Foundation. The Pentagon's weapon chief bumped up service goals to produce about 100,000 rounds by 2025. If the war, this is a quote, if the war continued, even if we got up to that level, we still wouldn't have enough. And and that war in Ukraine has primarily been an artillery war. Now, what's happening in Israel is primarily a rocket war, whether rockets are fired by aircraft or just straight ground launch. But all right, U.S. Army has ramped up production of critical munition. September's Pentagon weapons chief bumped that goal. Okay, we just went through that. I hate it when stories repeat themselves like this. The U.S. is surging uh, more than U.S. had planned back in January. The fundamental problem is Ukraine is firing about 150,000 to 300 rounds per month. The United States is talking about getting up to 100,000 rounds per month in, in two years. If the war continued, even if it got up to that level, again, see, that's not enough when you run the math on it. So now, even with help from European countries, which have also ramped up production, these numbers are cutting it close. And when we take a look at the Russian side, Russia has been getting munitions from other countries. I know North Korea is adding it. I know they went to China asking. I don't know how that worked out. But they went to China asking for help. And I think Russia was talking to Iran as well. Because even Russia is having trouble keeping up with all the munitions that they're firing right now. Ukraine burns through as many as 6,000 to 7,000 of those rounds daily during the most intense artillery battles seen in, in generations. U.S. supplies the bulk of those rounds and has donated more than 2 million rounds for the howitzer system as well as more than 7,000 precision-guided rounds, according to Pentagon documents. Pentagon production was about 14,000 rounds a month. Department of Defense Undersecretary said, talking to Reuters, in addition, U.S. troops consume about 100,000 rounds each year in training alone. So rapid depletion of ammo stocks creates fears among those defense officials that the U.S. would run out of widely used rounds completely. And I, I have watched this myself, just a thought in the back of my mind when I watched the war in Ukraine. And I think, so if we were attacked, we're putting so many supplies to Ukraine and other places in the world. If we got attacked, do we have enough to defend ourselves? The story says, and this is a quote from Admiral Bob Bauer, NATO top military. The bottom of the barrel is visible now. We give away weapon systems to Ukraine, which is great and ammunition, but not full warehouses. He said the U.S. was on track to increase that production again, but that's not enough to replenish supplies at this time. Army announced Thursday a total of $1.5 billion of water to just two weeks in September to produce. This is what we're putting out there toward these countries. 
And I wonder, I don't know, will Israel need anything? As soon as this all started in Israel, I started wondering, are they going to need anything? Or does Israel have this? I don't know. I do know we supply a lot to Israel to help them in their defense. Coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again on the chilly side this morning. That weather forecast changes quite a bit. Extended forecast from day weather at 645. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Colder. Spreading across Wyoming faster than a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 636 is the time to wake up, Wyoming. Morning, Mike. More, Mike is listening from Leeds, South Dakota. Tell me how Mossad could possibly miss the run-up to the attack. Speaking of... Of course, the Gaza Strip, Hamas attacking Israel. My answer to that is, you know, throughout history, surprise attacks happen all the time. I think it has to do with complacency. Honestly, I do. There were even Israelis, young people who had gone to this big rave party, outdoor rave party. And this big outdoor rave party was in full swing while the attack was going on. And these young people knew the attack was going on. But they continued with their party. And then Hamas attacked the party itself, and quite a few of those kids are missing now. Hostages. I, I thought I heard that some had been killed during the attack, too. But here they are throwing a party, then the attack starts, and they are so confident, oh, pff, you know, nothing's going to happen to us. And they just keep going with the party. So is it possible that this was just missed by as good as Israeli intelligence is? I think they got my opinion, just opinion, that's all. I think they got complacent. And at some point, they quit really paying attention. Although, this will wake them up for a while. Kind of like the way we got attacked on 9-11. Even though there were signs and there were people at the time trying to warn us Remember, for those who were around then, think about this. There were members of the Taliban that were in America going to flight schools, like flight schools in Florida and so on. And they wanted to learn how to fly jetliners, but they didn't have any interest in learning how to land them. They just want to know how to fly them, which shot up a bunch of red flags among flight schools that were trying to get a hold of our own intelligence services, FBI to name one. Hey, there's a bunch of Middle Easterners around here who want to know how to fly airplanes but don't care about how to land them. Um, maybe, maybe something's going on. You might want to look into this. But nobody looked into it. It was all just sort of shelved. And next, you know, we have our 9-11 attack. As... Things get peaceful for a time. People start to get complacent. And that's what leaves a country more vulnerable than anything. Doesn't matter how big and bad the military is. Complacency, I think, is key in this case. So, no, I think the Israelis quit looking. And just long enough for Hamas to put something together and hit Israel like this. Now, again, my, again, just opinion at this time, we'll have to wait and see what happens Israel usually ends these things quickly. 
And one of the mistakes that people have made in the past is giving Israel a bloody nose. Because if you punch Israel in the face, they come back with baseball bats. And they will do heavy damage to let people know in no uncertain terms, you don't hit us. We're not just going to hit you back. If you give us a bloody nose, we're not just going to bloody your nose. We're going to break things on you that doesn't heal. That's how Israel conducts itself. That's why they've been able to survive for so long, because everybody around them, everybody around them is hostile. Everybody around them doesn't want to just push them into the sea, but all the countries surrounding them wants to completely wipe out every last Jew on the planet. So in order to survive, Israel has to be as strong as it is as a nation, and they are, and they can do it. So any complacency, that includes those kids that were at that rave party who continued their party as the attack was going on. I bet, and then the party itself was attacked. I bet you those young people will never see the world the same way again. It just is different. The world, whole world is different for them. Until they're old people, even, they're never going to see the world the same way again. They can't. This changes everything. And this is going to change the scope of what the Middle East looks like, I think, by the time this is done. But as far as just focusing on uh, Israel and Gaza at this moment. But my worry is that other countries surrounding Israel want to get involved in this as well. You know, might try to take advantage of it. Uh, we'll see. But right now, Israel and Gaza is what we have to worry about. And the Gaza Strip does not have anywhere near what it takes to take on Israel. If Israel wants to go in and just bulldoze Gaza flat, they can do it. And there's nothing Gaza can do about it. Chief Redland and Jeffrey City. I go through Jeffrey City from time to time. In fact, I like to stop at that little pottery shop and visit our friend out there and his dog. Morning, Chief. So uh, coming up on some local weather here, which is an extended forecast from day weather. Pay attention to this. The, the next couple of days, like today, tomorrow, really nice. That doesn't mean the weather after that sucks, but it's really going to change up. Don Day explains. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. Where Wyoming comes to talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go now to talk to Frank Gambino. So, Frank, apparently our people out there made us completely proud this weekend. Hang on a second. I'm here. In the studio. Okay, let me get my buttons correct here. Icebox. Man, I'm already here. Way to start a Monday. Um... So, okay, apparently our boys at UW made us proud. Oh, the, the, the Cowboys were, there was a magnificent game. Okay. Magnificent. Does that give you hope for the rest of the season? It does. Okay. It gives everyone hope for the rest of the season. If they can do that and just grind games out, yeah. they're good. They beat Fresno State. They have a big game this week against Air Force. A lot of a lot of happy folks. Okay. Okay. Now, so you said to me on when we bumped into And I said, Sunday, take Wyoming in the points. Yes. Okay. But on Sunday And they, now, not only that, and they yeah. covered well, go, okay, so, so that was a successful 
prediction by me for once. For once. Okay, it's about time. Well, even a stop clock is right twice a day. So anyway, uh, you said that when we were talking on Sunday that they started off really strong. Yes. It seemed what's kind of tuckered out near the end? Well, they tuckered out on offense at the end. They just didn't okay. produce very much, but the defense did. And you know what? That's that's what they they leverage. And they, they, they and they're if you if they were to say if you were to ask them what is your identity? What do you hang your hat on? Yeah, it's your defense, and okay. that's what they do. Okay. So now, where do they go from here? They have they, next week off. No, no, they, they have this. They play Air Force this week, and the Air Force oh. is really good too. So this is back to back, big, 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 big games. Okay, is that another home game? Or I, they I gotta, I'll. I have to look it up, yeah. Okay, all right. Because we've had quite a few home games in a row, which is good. Well, yeah, because the weather was terrific, terrific all, yeah. all weekend. Yeah. Now, terrific. it's supposed to be colder this next weekend, but still nice. Well, as long as your beer doesn't freeze, then you're uh, good to go. You shouldn't freeze, though, but you're, you're going to have to wear a coat, not a sweater. Right. Yeah, the, other than that, and it shouldn't be really all that windy either, so it ought to be really just a fantastic weekend. But, again, you're saying they're not going to be probably not in state? I got lost on the way to work. This that's uh, that's fine. So okay, then then it's Air Force. How far do you at this point? How far do you see them going? Well, let's see. They got five wins. All they need is one more to be bowl eligible. Really? One more. One more in the bowl eligible. But that didn't take long. So no, it didn't. Now now when you keep winning, so you'd like to get to a a bowl game that pays a little bit more money. Yeah. Pay, uh, plays a, a higher level of team. Yeah. I think they're tired of playing in the Arizona Bowl. Sure. And the, the salad and the, and the, bowl. You know, I mean, yeah. play a little. Uh, 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 there's not many options they have. Right. But something a little bit more prestigious. And, and decently, they, and they can. You know, and they can if they can decently just, televised too. Well, yeah. Just the last week's game was was great. College football. Those Wyoming Cowboys beat number twenty-four Fresno State on Saturday night in Laramie, twenty-four nineteen. They're five and one overall, two and zero in Mountain West play. The Pokes had a magnificent first half on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Defense held Fresno to one touchdown in that first half, and the offense just went wild for the Cowboys in the second quarter. Wheelan had two TD catches. Trade Waltz had a TD catch. A different story on offense in the second half. They didn't score a point. However, the defense allowed just two field goals in the second half and a Bulldogs TD in the last six minutes. And then maybe the biggest play of the season was in the last minute of this game as Cole Goodbow deflected a pass straight up in the air on the defensive line and intercepted it. And the big loaf of bread had a nice run after that to seal the win. What a game. We'll see what a running back Harrison Whaley's status is for this week's game against the Air Force. He left the Saturday night's game in Laramie with a leg injury. In the NFL, the Denver Broncos returned to what they are, and that's bad. They lost to the New York Jets 31-21 at home yesterday to drop to 1-4. The Jets' running game shredded a weak Bronco defense to 234 yards total, 177 of them from Brees Hall, and the Jets sealed the game with a strip and scoop that ended up in the arms of uh, Bryce Hall, who returned it in for a touchdown. Not that the Jets are all that, that good, but the Broncos are just a mess. And it was a revenge game for former Bronco head coach Nathaniel Hackett, who is now the Jets' offensive coordinator. He was fired in Denver after going 4-11 last season, and the and new Bronco head coach Sean Payton just trashed him in the offseason. Mm. And the Broncos have another losable game on Thursday when they'll play Kansas City. High school football from over the weekend in 4A, and the Trona improved the 6-1 with a 31-21 home win over Campbell County. Sheridan bombarded Kelly Wall 63-8. Cheyenne East beat Cheyenne Central 41-16 in the Capitol Bowl. Thunder Basin over Larry 44-16, and Cheyenne South lost to Rock Springs 50-3. In 2A, Glen Rock was scorched by Torrington 63-0, and Burns lost to Tongue River 41-6. In 1A, 9-man, Pine Bluffs over Saratoga back on Thursday 26 26- 
7 and won a six-man. Casey lost to Burlington on Friday, 72-38. Midwest lost to Hewlett, 79-72. Then on Saturday, Casper Christian lost to Dubois, 74-18. That's it in sports. So, uh, people of Denver no longer have to worry about being embarrassed by baseball. That's done. No, no, now they can be embarrassed by football. And how long does that last? Well, it's been, this is going on seven years now. Oh, no, I mean just for the season. Well, the whole season. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so this is seven years Uh running. Okay. Maybe you'd only have to hear those obnoxious well, income. Okay. Well, it, you know, like when I was living in Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers were oh for two decades. Yeah. So, you know. Well, they, I don't happens. think they'll get that far. No, you know, okay. But. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we got to take care of. And rolling to news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Six the time. Hey, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Wood. Thanks for joining me. It's a Monday. It's Columbus Day, which is a holiday. And I was talking the first hour this morning. Let me catch everybody up to speed on that. Three-day weekends like Columbus Day are weekends for bankers and bureaucrats. They get three days off. Bankers and bureaucrats. I found out this morning some schools in some places are closed, but not all schools are closed. Depends on where you are. So some kids out there are going to school on Columbus Day. Other kids are not. Just depends on what district you're in, where you are. But for the most part, it's a vacation for bankers and bureaucrats. Everybody else is at work. And I always remind bankers and bureaucrats of that. And I, during the course of my life, constantly come across bankers and bureaucrats who think that a three-day weekend, like Columbus Day, is for everybody. And then I point to them. All around them are people working. You're sitting in a restaurant. Who's serving you? You're staying at a hotel because you took a three-day vacation. Who's working the hotel? Do you see that delivery truck going by? Look, that office is open. That convenience store is open. Everybody's working except bankers and bureaucrats. I also went to Google this morning to their main website because Google loves to put up things for special holidays and special events. When you look at their splash page or open page, right? They take the word Google and they do something fun and fancy with it to show the day. So what do they do for Columbus Day? Nothing. They, they used to do something for Columbus Day. But that's controversial now, so it's just nothing on the Google page right now. Also, this morning, spent the first hour talking about Gaza Strip and Hamas and Israel. If you want to go back and revisit it, 888-97-WOODS will be the phone number. But hold off on that call right now. But we'll get to open phones at some point, and everybody can jump in on that topic as well. Don Day joins me at 745 Because the weather, you got two really nice days here. Then the weather changes up a bit. Nothing horrible, but it's not going to be as nice as you've been enjoying for quite a while now. 
but nothing horrible. He'll explain at 745. Meantime, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite well, I song. I like guns, I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale, hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. So once again, a gun company is moving. Firearm manufacturer Smith & Wesson has now officially, they talked about it for a while, then they worked on it. They've now officially moved their headquarters from New England to Tennessee. They've just had enough. Quote, said the NRA, congratulations, Smith and Wesson, on their grand opening in Tennessee. That should have been Wyoming. This move is in testament to their enduring legacy, yada, yada, blah, blah. Representation of millions of NRA members and gun owners. NRA was proud to be the tip of the spear in the passage of the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. Which, uh, if you live in a state like Massachusetts, good luck being a gun manufacturer. Smith & Wesson was established, the story says, in 1852 in Connecticut before it moved its headquarters to Springfield, Massachusetts. Now the firearm manufacturer calls Maryville, Tennessee. I'm going to have to look up that town. Hang on a second, copying that. I'll go to take a look at it during the break. Uh, home after a ribbing-cutting ceremony Saturday at its new 6,500-square-foot headquarters. Quote, from where we stand, the next 170 years of Smith & Wesson are looking pretty good. Uh, Smith touted guns, assault, well, state gun laws in Tennessee and the close work with locals, local leaders, to move to Tennessee. This, by the way, is a big deal for Massachusetts because Smith & Wesson, as you can imagine, employs a lot of people. So they pick up and go. That's a lot of jobs leaving Massachusetts. Once again, showing these blue states doing all they can to drive business out of state. Republican senator attended the ribbon-cutting Saturday, told Fox Digital her state is thrilled, of course. And it talks about why they want them there in Tennessee. Ribbon-cutting Saturday showcased renowned competitive shooters and talks, and they have some historic revolvers laid out there. They did quite a, quite a job, quite a ceremony. New headquarters first announced in 2021. I remember talking to you guys about that. Sits on 230 acres. Wow, that's quite a bit. Near the airport. Tours of the facility were offered during the grand opening. I would like to get a tour of that place. That would be just incredible, get a tour of Smith & Wesson. Now, as I talk about this, one of the things I think about is here in Wyoming, Magpul came up from Colorado to Wyoming. Just because Colorado's gun, especially when it comes to extended magazines. No, those are not clips. Extended magazines. But in general, a a magazine manufacturer in Colorado and rules and regulations and taxes and fine. Magpul finally said, you don't want us here? Fine, we'll move. Hey, Wyoming looks good. They move up to Wyoming. Then there's a rifle manufacturer that moved up to Sheridan. Built a facility there. Because they just couldn't stand California anymore. California basically was regulating them and taxing them right out of business. So they decided, fine, California, you don't want us. We'll just go ahead and move. What's a good place to move? Wyoming. Hey, Wyoming looks good. Now, I remember when Smith & Wesson first started talking about leaving Massachusetts. My first thought was, 
Smith & Wesson belongs in a state like Wyoming. When you think of the Old West and you think of the cowboy with that pistol on his hip, and of course I know Smith & Wesson makes more than just pistols, but that's tend to what, what you tend to think of iconic. And those are the kinds of guns that won the West. So to have Smith & Wesson Wyoming would have been just absolutely perfect. Tennessee got them still. It's a southern state that is very gun-friendly. Oh, real quick, Chet and Yoder. Um, Trey Yingst, a real human. He covers all the conflicts live with no breaks. Does he sleep? Oh, Chet and Yoder's watching all of the news coming out of Israel and Gaza right now. I'm not sure about him. But maybe they found an AI, Chet. Maybe that's the case. Mike and Casper, today is Thanksgiving in Canada. Oh, so here in America, it's Columbus Day. But in Canada, is Thanksgiving? Okay. Well, and I'm just going to go back. I already know the answer to this. I'm just going to go back and take a look at it real quick. Because I was not surprised. I'm calling up Google. Now, again, Google tends to do special things on certain holidays. Or even just days when they want to remember somebody, something great happened. If you go to the Google website, so you want to do a, a search of whatever you're searching for. You go to Google and they have the regular Google name, multicolored name, right? You know what it looks like. On those special days, they're either honoring somebody, pointing out some event, or it's a holiday. And Google will do something special with that page. And when it was Columbus Day, Google used to do something special for Columbus Day. Today, I guess it's just too controversial for them. They're not. It just says Google. Oh, it's just a regular page. Nothing special. Even though today's supposed to be the holiday, Columbus Day. So, I guess it got too controversial for leftist Google. Look, it's their company. They're entitled to their opinion. But I just... Notice they used to do something for Columbus Day. They don't anymore. 715, wake up. Keeping some honest, letting some lie, letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, Rhiannon and Fort Danger. Did you know October is Spina Bifida Awareness Month? No, did not know that. I, I didn't know it was an awareness month. Every month is an awareness month for something. That one I didn't know about. But we should do something about that. Thanks for letting me know. All right, now, next up on the list of companies thinking about automating. And a big part of the reason they want to automate, well... Minimum wage! talked about this many times before it's again rules regulations sure that's a big part of it. it's not the only thing but it's a big part of it and of course when he got remember the 15 dollars that was an arbitrary number the 15 dollars an hour minimum wage was completely arbitrary number then inflation and i'm starting to think if you're still asking for 15 dollars an hour that's not enough anymore and so here comes california with the idea of a $25 an hour minimum wage for fast food employees. Once again, it's going to cause a lot of problems like it has every single time. Every time the minimum wage is artificially raised, there are companies that either automate 
or maybe they close their doors, move to another state if they have to. If a company does pay the increased minimum wage, it's with fewer employees. So the, the ones that are working are getting that, but there's fewer people there making that kind of money. Okay, so let's take a look at what's happening now. The story says, depending on the venue and the clientele, of course, the effort waiters and waitresses can make uh, in their jobs, waiting on tables, uh, guy who brings uh, the car around, things like that. What is the value of a job? Well, traditionally, young people get fast food jobs. I know I did, right? Although I've met people who started behind the register and worked their way up to manager, got big perks and bonuses. They made it a career. Waiting on tables is hard work, bussing tables. If you ever work retail or restaurant, it is really hard work. But how much is that worth? Well, we've talked about this before. It's supposed to be a place where you start at. But if you're in your 30s and you're still working at a fast food restaurant, unless you just wanted to grab something on the side, it was never supposed to be a job that you made a lot of money at and were supposed to do as a career. It's sort of a starting point. Here's from, I'm going to play, if I can here, a audio Union of Southern Service Workers. Here's a guy in a megaphone. Let's see if we can make sense of them. Demand 24-hour security. That's it. And workers the right to decide safety regulations at their own workplace. Say that. Say that. We demand $25 an hour. $25 an hour. All workers. All workers. All cooks and all servers. Uh-huh. And we demand it. Now, this is, he demands, he demands, he demands. Okay, well, the problem is the reason that the companies are paying that is an employee is worth what they produce. Okay, so if you're flipping burgers on the dollar menu, you're not producing enough to pay you $25 an hour. We talked about this when it was $15 an hour. All right, so Chipotle is thinking about digital market line. Um, it's a basically the same thing you've seen some places like McDonald's do. How to automate a good part of their kitchen. Now, I like Chipotle. I go there on occasion. You know, I, I do like the food there. They, they do some really good stuff. Right now, though, I mean, you're, you're talking about even places like White Castle Restaurant, and some others like that are finding ways to automate so they don't have to do a $25 an hour minimum wage. And all these other benefits and so on these people are asking for. Most of the people, like the guy you just heard with the megaphone there, saying that, well, we, we deserve this, we deserve that, we deserve this kind of a wage, et cetera, et cetera, doesn't understand how economics works. If you're not making enough money, give yourself a raise. Go get a skill. That is worth more money. And you can get paid more money. You, you've got to find what does the workplace need? What is needed in the workplace? And if you find a job where they're desperately trying to hire employees and you show up and you're willing to learn and work and the company will give you a good amount of money for that. But if you're working at a job where essentially you're standing over a fry machine or flipping burgers, you're not earning enough money for the company to get paid $25 an hour. That's essentially how it works. This, I play this every so often, 
goes back to something I wrote years ago as a spoof. And it turned out to be true. Have you ever heard of the American Automation Association? Oh, probably not. We're a company that produces high-quality automation systems, the kind that replace employees, thus saving corporations lots of money and increasing their personal profits. Now, no doubt you've seen some of our inventions every day. The self-serve automated checkout at the grocery store, thus saving money on checkout clerks. The self-serve gas pump, that was us too. No need for an attendant. The ATM machine at your local bank. Yep, that was us. And so many more gadgets that are behind the scenes that you may not even know about. Like the automation machine at this very radio station that eliminates the need for a full-time employee to man the board. On behalf of the American Automation Association, we would like to thank the Democrat Party for pushing a minimum wage increase up to $15 an hour. Each time the minimum wage is increased, we at the AAA get more business from companies looking to get rid of their lower wage employees and replace them with automation. A $15 an hour minimum wage increase would be a boom for our business. Also, thanks for heaping piles of rules and regulations on local companies as well, and taxes and Obamacare. Thanks to socialism, business at American Automation is booming. Great place to invest all your money. Now, how does all of this automation work? Well, it's simple, really. Now, basically, the only new principle involved is that instead of power being generated by the relative motion of conductors and fluxes, it's produced by the modial interaction of magneto-reluctance oh, and capacitive directions. Yeah. The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fam. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively lunar prevented. Lunar wane shaft. I think the I knew him in high school. of the normal Lotus O deltoid type placed oh, delto in pan-endermic semi-boloid slot the at the stator. You look pathetic. Every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremi pipe to the differential girdle spring on girdle the up end of the gram meters. Oh, that's funny. Moreover, whenever uh -huh. fluorescent score motion is required, it may also be employed in conjunction with a drawn reciprocation dingle arm a to reduce sinusoidal deplaneration. Sure the retroencabulator has now reached a high level of development, and it's being successfully used in the operation of Milford Trenions. Yeah. It's available soon wherever Rockwell Automation products are sold. Good old Rockwell Automation system. So that's basically, if you're wondering how they're going to do this in all these fast food joints, that's essentially how they do it here. Jude and Casper, when this... Uh, yeah, can get the burger bun and change. Oh, okay. So when the guy there at the register can get the burger on the bun, count change back without a calculator, show up on time <laughs> without all his tats and piercings, and put in there 40, otherwise 12 is what you're worth. I think probably less than that, though. But no, I, Judy, actually have a point. To get someone at some of these restaurants who actually show up on time and can do a good job... So it's not just you're not making enough money to get paid $25 an hour, okay? But are you worth it in general, or are you one of these unreliable employees that is going to get fired anyway? Coming up on 7.30 local news, weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.
Glenn Woods. He talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so uh, Rocky Mountain Power is still taking these little uh, listening sessions, if you want to call it, public comment period. Now, you've heard about this by now. Most of you have. Rocky Mountain Power wanted a rate increase of up to close to 30%. Now, that's the asking price. I think they know full well they're going to get haggled on below that, and they want to look good. Oh, we compromised. We gave a lot back. Rocky Mountain Power is also trying to say that, well, they're not raising or wanting to raise rates because of wind and solar power. It has nothing to do with it. It's the volatility of the natural gas market, in which case I'm one of those who disagrees with that. When I take a look at what's going on in the marketplace, any place that has turned from European countries to California to Texas, any place that has leaned heavily on wind and solar, heavily subsidized intermittent energy and so on, it ends up they end up with incredibly high utility rates, and it's not necessarily the case in places that are still using just coal, gas, and oil. I can get into the whole thing about that again. So I don't necessarily agree. I know that the uh, power, uh, well, natural gas uh, is a volatile market. I know that, but I don't see that as the real rate reason for the request for a rate increase. The next public meeting will be held in Casper this week. It'll be this Thursday, the 12th. The hearing will be at 5.30 p.m. at the Tyra Thomas State Office Building. Now, if you're not writing all this down, that's okay. Go to the Wake Up Wyoming website. I know at some point Miss Mary's going to alert this out. So those of you who have the Wake Up Wyoming app... You'll get an alert with all of this information. And it doesn't just matter. I know they're doing this in Casper. They've done this all over the state. Rollins, you know, for example. I, I think Laramie, didn't you have one? I think in Cheyenne they might have had one. I'm trying to remember all the places they have. They're trying to have these public comment periods all over the place. So you don't have to be from Casper or Natrona County to go. You can be from anywhere in the state to show up at this public comment period. They're also taking it by email, and I have information on there as well. So if you want to email them your comments, you can do that if you want. So far, everything has been completely negative. As you would expect, rate increases that high. In fact, one Wyoming Public Service Commission agency that regulates utility companies holding the meeting is what I wrote there. Let's get down to a quote. Here we go. Um, One group says the fact that... I'm backing up. I'm sorry. I passed up what I wanted to say. I'm trying to find it here. Basically, what they were saying is utility companies trying to raise it by this much is essentially asking for... And the total cost of one employee, a new employee, for the company, says one particular company. So that was a quote that I'm I'm looking for. And it's a hard decision for them about how they deal with that. It's asking for quite an increase. So imagine what it does to your home electric bill as well. That can be quite an increase. So, all right, you can go ahead and enjoy the meeting. Uh, join it at the... Let's see, Tyra Thomas State Office Building. That's going to be at 5.30 p.m. on Thursday, 
this coming Thursday. And again, need not be from Natrona County. And if you still can't get there and you want to send them your opinion, keep it clean. You can go ahead and do that. You can just go to the story I have on the Wake Up Wyoming website. And there's all sorts of information here on how to get your opinion heard on this. The comment period, I think, goes to October 25th. And then somebody's got to make a decision here as to what exactly Rocky Mountain Power will or will not get out of this. We'll see how far this goes. Rate increases for electricity happening all over the country, by the way. Worst in those areas that do have wind and solar power. So I do think that there is a connection, but rate increases all over the country. And doesn't have to be that way, because when we take a look at the volatility in petroleum natural gas, coal, you know, organic fuels like that. Uh, The markets are always volatile to some extent, but America has so much of that energy, all of that. And on occasion, I hear people say, oh, we're going to run out sometime soon. We have a long way to go before we run out of energy. It's not going to happen in your lifetime. We have several hundred years that we know of, of just petroleum alone in North America alone. And that's just petroleum that we're aware of. So when it comes to natural gases of many different kinds, if you want to talk a true renewable energy, that would be natural gas because it's being created all the time in all sorts of different ways. It's usually something farting, burping, or decomposing that creates natural gases. Coal, dear Lord, we have, we have coal to last a very long time in just, North, in just Wyoming, for that matter. So those markets don't have to be volatile. We have the energy all over the place, but we're cutting ourselves off from using it. And mainly that's the problem. 742, wake up Wyoming. Everything you need to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. So, Don, story. I put up a story about you this morning because you were at Roswell, New Mexico, for an historic jump that they asked you to consult on. Uh, yes, I was there for a record-breaking attempt for what's called the highest halo dive, which is skydivers uh-huh. going into formation and pulling their parachutes at a low altitude, but jumping really high. Right. And at the same time, also, they were doing it to raise awareness for a cause. So I made sure to include a link to that as well, which is on the website. So it's, it's fun that you get called out for things like this. I mean, it just it's a great way to make a living. All right. In our weather forecast here, again, a couple of nice days. This has been just gorgeous This from spring to now. But we do have a change upcoming, although I don't hear you talking about anything radical. Just it sounds like a seasonal change. Well, it is a seasonal change, but I, I do think it's going to be enough that it when we compare to what we just went through this weekend, I do think it's going to be somewhat radical in terms okay. of a lot of people will see their first snowflakes of the year. Um, and we're also going to see a, a fairly good chance of accumulating snow in the high country. Uh, we're going to have another couple of days just like what we had over the weekend. Uh, so uh, this is going to really, you're going to really say by Thursday, oh, yeah, it's October. Because we really haven't had to say that yet. Okay. So when this change happens here, I've noticed you've scheduled it with your weather machine to happen midweek so we can still enjoy the weekend. 
Yeah, you know what? I do think that just in time for the weekend, this all clears out. Now, I don't see it nearly as warm this weekend as what we just enjoyed. Right. But the, the timing of these systems right now are to clear out by Friday, leaving us good weather for the weekend. And probably it'll be the, the middle of next week when we see the next system come. Okay, so here's the uh, dress code from now on, folks. You start by putting on shorts and a light T-shirt uh, with possible just sandals. Then you start to layer over top of that because it's just going to be, I mean, from early morning where it's really cold until later in the afternoon, you're going to want to walk around in a T-shirt, but then suddenly you're going to want to put the coat back on. Have I have that about right? Yeah, and don't forget the scarf. Oh, yeah, the scarf, too. And this is also, Don, the, the time of year you might want to start thinking about some of those extra things in the back of your car just in case you get stuck somewhere. Well, it is. It's really true. Uh, yeah. I certainly see the mountain passes of the state becoming real tricky to navigate with this system coming on through. So you could be down on the plains and it's just rain. You get up a little bit higher and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I just slid off the road. Yeah, so, so you want to be prepared for sure. If you're a hunter, watch out. All right. Thank you, Don. Don, day with day weather. Yeah, if you're a hunter, just be careful of the next few days because getting up into those mountains, uh, you, you know. Here comes heavier snow for way up in the high country area. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino's waiting by. So, Frank, I hear in Wyoming an RV was destroyed with an exploding 1,000-pound pumpkin. In in where? Warland. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they dropped that from a big crane. Yeah. And right on top of the vehicle. And, yeah. And they've been doing that for a long time. Just fun. And I'm, you know what I need to do here? Let me see if I can go ahead and... Uh, call this up here while we're okay there's the crane three two one there's the pumpkin dropping bang oh man they just go ahead and bomb the daylights out of this rv don't they well we're you know i want to know if, if they if some the owner of the rv said yeah you can trash that sure. yeah well when the i take a, the insurance will cover that sure when i take a look at it though frank and even have some slow motion shots <laughs> here in cowboy state daily this is fun when i take a look at oh here comes the thousand pounder oh my god no the rv was in sad shape anyway it was oh. going to be taken off to be wrecked anyway so now the Cowboy State video shows here come, oh my God. Now it was not a direct hit, the one that took it out, but it takes out a good third of this big RV. It's pretty good. You know what? I, I, I would watch that over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, now this is what you, for those people who haven't been to something like this in Wyoming, this is what you do for fun this time of year is you crush things with Pumpkins, pumpkins like an RV. No, 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 not, not <laughs> just, you know, yeah. supersized. Supersized, which, oh, by pumpkins. the way, the guy who won the contest for the biggest pumpkin this year, and I'm trying to remember, where was he from? Did I, I say? It may have been from Orland also. I think Wasn't so. he supposed to take it over to Utah? He in, did. Like, in a show? He, and he won. Oh, he and won. And then he won several <laughs> other contests, too. Although, and this is probably the point that made him, like, mess his pants, because I had mentioned this to you. If he's driving cross-country with this big pumpkin on a trailer behind him, and he's going to enter this sucker in one contest in one state after the next, he's got to be driving real careful and worried about it. Well, on I-80, he blew a tire on oh, the trailer. Heck, oh, Yeah. Now, he's fine. The pumpkin was fine until they dropped it on top of that RV. Mm -hmm. But the, everything was fine. But you can imagine how panicked he was that he was about to lose his prize pumpkin because of a flat tire on the highway. Especially on I-80. Yeah. 
oh, that can get out of control real fast there. Then if you're someone who gets caught up in that mess, you have to explain to the insurance company, so how did your car get totaled? Well... Out of nowhere, this giant pumpkin... Came in there and wrecked my tire. College football, how about those Wyoming Cowboys beating number 24 Fresno State on Saturday night in Laramie 24-19. They're 5-1 and one overall, 2-0 and oh in Mountain West Conference play. The Pokes had a magnificent first half, and the offense went wild in the second quarter of play. Wyatt Whelan with a, two TD passes, trading Welch had a TD catch. It was a different story on offense in the second half as the Pokes didn't score a point, so the defense had to kind of pretty much dictate the game. They allowed Fresno two field goals in that second half and a touchdown, but the biggest play of the season was in the last minute of the game as Cole Goodbow uh, deflected a pass straight up in the air and intercepted it, and that big loaf of bread had a nice run after the pick to seal the win. What a game, and we'll see what running back Harrison Whaley's status is for this week's big game against Air Force. He left Saturday's game with a leg injury. To the NFL, the Denver Broncos returned to what they are, which is bad. They lost to the New York Jets yesterday 31-21 at home to drop to 1-4 on the year. The Jets' running game shredded an awful Bronco defense for 234 yards total, 177 from Brees Hall, and the Jets' defense sealed the game with a strip and scoop that ended up in the arms of Bryce Hall, who returned it for a touchdown. Not that the Jets are all that good, but the Broncos are just a mess. Then it was a revenge game for former Bronco head coach Nathaniel Hackett, who was, who was now the Jets' offensive coordinator. He was fired after a 4-11 season last, last season in Denver, and new Bronco head coach Sean Payton really trashed him in the offseason. The Broncos have another losable game on Thursday when they play Kansas City. High school football from over the weekend. The Toronto improved the 6-1 with a 31-21 win over Campbell County. Sheridan bombarded Kelly Wall 63-8. Cheyenne East beat Cheyenne Central 41-16 in the Capitol Bowl. Thunder Basin drilled Laramie 44-16. Cheyenne South lost to Rock Springs 52-3. And Thunder Basin, uh, Thunder Basin over Laramie 44-16. Cheyenne South lost to Rock Springs 50-3. In 2A, Glen Rock was scored by Torrance in 63-0. And Burns lost lost the Tongue River 41-6. In 1A-9 man, Pine Bluffs over Saratoga back on Thursday 26-7. In 1A-6 man, KC lost to Burlington 72-38. Midwest lost to Hewlett 79-72. And Casper Christian lost to Dubois 74-18. That's it in sports. So, okay, here's what you got to help me out with this. Um, so the coach is not doing well for Denver. They fire him. He goes to another team and yes. does great. Well, he won this game. Oh, this game. Okay. Let's put this in the big picture. Yeah. He beat his old team. Right. And that always, every everyone who changes teams has a chip on their shoulder uh-huh. to show them, you know what? I'm better than you. Okay. But and this now, is what Nathaniel Hackett did. Not that it was the, the best game by any stretch, but no. he he had all the players behind him like, you know what? That yeah. Sean Payton Bronco coach made this personal. Let's win it for this guy. Okay. So is he doing better as a coach overall? Over, well, overall, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. All right. All right. Yeah, Just yeah, like, yeah. I fi- you fired me. I'm gonna. Oh show no, no, you. he was bad. He he was he really was bad. really yeah. Okay, maybe he was worth being fired. Oh, oh absolutely. Just interesting yeah. how that gets turned around. Yeah. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time and open phones. Triple Eight, ninety-seven Woods, Wake Up Wyoming. It's cold.
8.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, so 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS, because I'm about to launch into the most dangerous part of the daily program. That's open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven woods is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So... Real quick before I get back in, there's a lot of things we've covered this morning from the attack by Hamas and Israel, many other topics. But this I just want to touch on real quick. News, top of the hour. And I don't listen to necessarily what you listen to in my studio here. Your local radio station might carry something a little different than what I hear in my studio. But Nobel Prizes are being handed out. And they handed out a Nobel Prize in economics to somebody who oftentimes I'm very suspicious of. Well, most Nobel Prizes, I get very suspicious of them for a lot of various reasons. So, well, even to give uh, Al Gore a shared Nobel Prize for his work in climate change when so much of what he's done has been debunked. And yet they give him that prize anyway. But I can go on like that. But OK. Oh, Nobel Peace Prize given to Barack Obama. They gave him a Nobel Peace Prize after his 11th day in office. And when they asked why did they give him this, well, we, we hope he lives up to it. And Obama still accepted the prize as if he actually won a Nobel Peace Prize for doing something, which he didn't. They wanted him to live up to it, which he didn't, by the way. So, okay, Nobel Prize in economics given to a lady professor. And when I heard what for, I thought, oh, God, Really? You could have just asked me and then handed me the prize. You didn't have to do, who, who knows how much research. This lady's a college professor, and she's been offered prestigious tenure at places like Harvard University. Well, again, you could have just asked me, and I would have told you and given me the prize. Here's what she won for. So for years, there have been studies done on disparities between men and women and what we earn. And we've talked about that here on this program. The answer to that is no one is being preyed upon here when it comes to women and men and what they earn. If a man and a woman were to get, let's say it's an office job, and they both applied for the office job, and they both are working for the same company, We'll even say shared office, doing basically the same job. They're going to get paid the same amount of money. The woman's not going to get paid less. The study that showed women get paid less than men was not based on the same job, same hours, and so on. Just in general, do women earn more or less than men or the same? And in general, across the board, women tend to earn less. But then we have to dig into why. And it's because women tend to choose different career paths than men do. 
And that has a lot to do with how much they're going to earn. Men tend to go for jobs that earn them more money. Men tend to also go for those raises and promotions. While women, and I know that the feminists hate this idea, but women do tend to care more about, well, I want to have kids, I want to have a family, I want you know, and things like that will distract the woman from building a career. So generally speaking, as a whole, men build their careers while women are building another part of their life that they see as more important than a career so women don't get paid as much as a whole. But if a man and woman are doing the same job, we're hired at the same time, pull the same hours, pull their weight in the same way, they get paid the same. There's not a disparity. Women are not offered less money just because they're women. That's been disproven so many times. Now, the Nobel Prize was handed out because this woman proved, they said, that as soon as women decide to have a child, they earn less. That's essentially it. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, because they're taking care of a child. The majority of women... After they've had a child, the majority of women choose to take care of the child. Not to say the husband doesn't help. And there are some cases even where the husband ends up staying home taking care of the kid while the wife works. That happens on occasion. The vast majority of cases, we all know, a woman has a child. The woman tends to do most of the work with the child as far as I'm going to stay home. I'm going to care for this kid. I'm the mom. right? So what's that going to do to her earnings? Right. They're not going to be as great as someone who chose a career path. So the husband's out there trying to earn a living to pay for the family. And the woman is not pursuing her career as much. That tends to be how it is. I notice that most women who have kids will take more time off than the men will to do things like uh, sports, school activities, things like this. The women tend to be more engaged with the kid. This is what she found out in her study. And I'm looking at this thinking, and she won a Nobel Prize for that. Well, I don't know about you, but I could have told them that. Just by my experience in life. Not just at home, but in people that I know. But also my experience at work in different places I've worked during the course of my life. As soon as a woman says, I'm going to have a baby or two or whatever, then, well, here come the sacrifices for her career. Now, again, that doesn't mean that fathers don't make sacrifices. They do. But it's the woman who has the tendency in life across the world to spend more time with the kids, working with the kids, And the men have the tendency to think, I better earn what we need to pay for all of this. And so they get out there and work, and so they build their career more. Again, we needed a Nobel Prize for this? I don't understand why we had to do some kind of a study and then come out with a Nobel Prize for something like that. Because to me, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that's always just been basic knowledge, hasn't it been to you? Okay. If it isn't, please let me know. I would love to know what you think about that. But once again, somebody's being awarded something for what to me seemed to be pretty much common sense. I thought everybody knew that.
Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Coming up next. Remember for you conservatives out there who were concerned about drop boxes during the last presidential election? Now all of a sudden some Democrats have some complaints about drop boxes. Oh, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Eight fifteen, wake up. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Eight nineteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. A couple of side decision uh, things that I want to talk about before I get into the topic that I just teased. One, I was thinking about, once again, the difference in what, as a whole, across the board, not just one job, what women tend to make and men tend to make. And it's a matter of life decisions. And that's been, even with this latest Nobel Prize being given out, that's been proven the case. It's life decisions. So there are those who say, well, as a whole, women don't earn as much as men. Well, then if you want to fix that, you don't fix that by changing laws. You fix that by showing women how to make different decisions than they're making. Because they're not making career choice decisions. But I, I don't think it's a, it's a problem that they're not making career choice. They're making family decisions. That There's nothing wrong with that. But if they're determined women need to earn as much as men, well, then convince women to make different life choices is what you'd want to do. Right? Okay, there's one. Next is for those people I talked last hour about minimum wage. Now the minimum wage, we got to have people getting paid $25 an hour to be a fast food. Remember when it was 15 now, because of Biden and inflation, it's $25 an hour. And once again, the answer is you don't fix any problem. If somebody's not earning enough money, and there's a whole bunch of people out there not earning enough money to make a living, you don't change that by writing laws to force companies to pay them more. You change that by showing these people how to make def- better decisions about their career. If you make better life and career decisions, you'll make more money. And I, I need to, I actually, I just accidentally said that right. If you make not just better career decisions, but better life decisions, okay, about your appearance, your manners, your work ethic, showing up on time, working hard. So if you make better career and life decisions, you'll make more money. So the idea, well, people aren't making enough. We need to pass a law. No, we need to change people's mindsets out there about how to earn money. The same can be true when it comes to violence in America. Notice I didn't say gun violence because guns have nothing to do with it. Violence happens in all sorts of different forms, not just guns. But there are places where, wow, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, places like that, Detroit, Washington, D.C., New York. Violence is just horrible. Well, we need to pass gun legislation. No, you need to change people's mindsets about getting violent to solve their problems. You see, this has, all of this has very... Just passing a law isn't going to fix any of these problems. All right. Joyce, who is in Laramie County, I'd mentioned this morning, today is Columbus Day. Now, Columbus Day is a holiday that used to be celebrated all over. It, it is a, by the way, a, a holiday for bankers and bureaucrats. 
I often have to remind bankers and bureaucrats, no, not everybody gets the day off. There are many people out there that I know that work for banks and are bureaucrats, and they're convinced this is a three-day weekend and everybody's off. And yet they don't look around them to see, well, how many, you're off, how many people are working out there? Everybody else is working except bankers and bureaucrats. Now, this morning, somebody sent me a note. There's a, was it Natrona County, I think? I think your schools might be closed. Is that correct? Some places schools are closed for Columbus Day and some places they're not. So we can say all bankers and bureaucrats and some teachers get the day off. But for the most part, everybody else is open. Then I noticed when I went to the Google website this morning, did they do anything? They love to take their title, their doodle, doodle, Google title for their website, and they love to do something special on special days or to commemorate somebody. Today, it just says Google. Joyce sends me this note. The Laramie County School District calendar says no students. No mention of Columbus Day. My wall calendar says Indigenous Peoples Day. The Google calendar doesn't mention it, Columbus Day. The state of Wyoming no longer considers Columbus Day an official holiday, given up years ago in favor of Equality Day. She says, our history is slowly and cleverly being erased by the left, like a cancer creating uh, or eating away at parts of our collective body. The only thing, actually, because I was so busy this past weekend, which is not a bad thing. You know, I love what I do. I've been so busy this past weekend. I was broadcasting, you know, I did Thankful Thursday in Cheyenne. And then I broadcast live from KGAB in Cheyenne on Friday. On Thursday, I always show up and walk into the A&B Bank building in downtown Cheyenne with all of this equipment so I can hook up, and Miss Mary hooks up here in our home studio, and we do a check to make sure everything's working fine so I can broadcast from there and do the show. When I walked in, the studios for Town Square Media are on the third floor in downtown Cheyenne of the A&B Bank building. I walked into the front door, and on the window was a note reminding people that Monday today is Columbus Day and the bank is closed. And I thought, oh, that's right, Monday. And then I marveled for a moment that the bank says Columbus Day. Oh, because a lot of people don't even mention that. They just call it a national holiday. I grew up with it being Columbus Day, but let me see. I'm just going to type in... Here we go. There's Columbus Day. Wikipedia. Okay, it talks about it. There's several articles on it, right? Okay, here's from the Pew Research Center. Working on Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. And see, then October 12th. I'm just seeing if anyone else has made changes out here. What is open from CNN? What is open and what is closed on Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples Day? So a lot of people are just trying to combine the two into a holiday. Uh, Old Farmers Arvin Almanac, Columbus Day 2023, History and Controversy. Okay. I do like the articles on what is open and what is closed. 
Let's see here. Because I always say, okay, um, banks. Remember I said it's a holiday for bankers and bureaucrats. Mail. Well, okay. So there's, you, you, they're not bankers, I know, but basically they deliver your mail. Retail. Well, most big box such as Target, Walmart, Kroger will be open. In fact, I don't know retail-wise. Remember, I many years ago, when I was starting my career in radio, if I was between radio stations, I would manage a retail store. And we were always open Columbus Day. In fact, if you think about it, a lot of furniture stores and auto dealerships have Columbus Day sales. So today's a big day for them. It's our Columbus Day sale. Come and get big savings, that kind of stuff, right? Government institutions are closed. Okay, so essentially what I just said is true here. It's primarily a holiday for bankers and bureaucrats, although it is interesting to me because I started in my lifetime. I started with it's Columbus Day, and that was a big deal. In fact, in school, we would learn about Columbus when I was a kid in school. We're coming up on Columbus Day. Let's learn about Columbus. Then that started to change over time. And now, again, Google doesn't mention it. And even some offices, state offices and so on, will, and calendars will say Indigenous Peoples Day. I wonder what... I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not sure about this. I'll do this real quick here. Okay. Uh-huh. For this... I'm just calling up the calendar for today to see. It doesn't go to mention any holidays. Uh huh. Got it. So today, nope. You know, uh, that's February. Okay, I got to get to October here. Uh, here we go. October. Okay. So on Google Calendar, I'm looking that up online to see what they did. And it says Columbus Day and then underneath Indigenous Peoples Day. So it mentions both. That tends to be most of what I see today. If people will mention one or the other, but usually they mention both. All right, coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. I wanted to get to that Dropbox story. I'll do that next. Democrats now upset with drop boxes when it comes to voting. Wake up, Wyoming. Colder. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Eight thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Thanks to people who message me throughout the show, which you can too, by the way. Wake Up Wyoming app has a lot on it that you can do, including listen to old programs or listen to this program when it's live if you want to do that but also hit the chat option and you can send me notes when i'm on the air so some of the people who send me text messages chet and yoder onward to the stars and douglas jans and cheyenne stevens and casper too grandpa rich in thermopolis boy this list just goes on and on uh jeffrey city chief redland mike is in Leeds, south dakota barbara's in lusk and it's just a few. Uh, I.D. John in Granite Canyon. There's more out there. But, you know, there's a lot of people who just send me text messages when I'm on the air and I answer them. Tune, you, you're always welcome to do that. All right. So uh, last key election that we had, big election. And one of the worries was drop boxes because 
truth of the matter is drop boxes were being stuffed. Uh, yeah, I know there was a big controversy, but it was happening. And so that's one of the reasons why even here in the state of Wyoming, there was a controversy over drop boxes in the state. Let's get rid of them because it's too easy to abuse. Now, a lot of people on the left said, hey, that's a lot of garbage. Here's the latest. Drop boxes for ballots. I've been a prime target of those pushing right-wing conspiracy theories that the 2020 presidential election was rigged and voting results can't be trusted, says the story. Drop boxes have become a key election conspiracy theory to Democrats. Just Well, now there's two Democrats, Christine A. Cassidy and Susan Haig with the Associated Press. And it's out of Hartford, Connecticut that they work. A woman approaches a drop box in the dark with what appears to be a handful of ballots, says the story from AP News. At a different drop box, someone else is making multiple trips to other ballot with other ballots. And yet another, the same car, stops at least three separate occasions with different people stepping out and heading to the drop box. It's not a trailer for the latest conspiracy movie about rigged elections, it says. Instead, the video footage becomes central to the real-world controversy over potential fraud voting ballot drop boxes, a favorite target of right-wing conspiracy theorists. And it talks about 2020 election and Donald Trump. We see now here, here are, is the AP News noticing, wow, this is actually a thing. The accusations of Dropbox fraud are not coming from those pushing fringe election claims from skeptical Republicans who have long favored, you know, again, the whole idea that the last election was rigged. They're being made by Democrats, says AP News. Two candidates vying for mayor in Connecticut's largest city in the heavily Democrat state are being allowed to drop box during, well, COVID-19 pandemic. Republicans have seized on that spat, which is now headed to a legal showdown. So as soon as Democrats step up and say, hey, people were stuffing the ballot boxes against us, now AP News doesn't call it a conspiracy theory. Oh, gosh, look, it's actually happening. Yeah. I guess the question during the presidential election with Donald Trump was not that it to me, it's not that it happened. It's did it happen enough to change the outcome of the election? Look, as I said, we're heading up to the last election. Um, if you're holding an election, there's always people trying to commit fraud. It's going to happen. Any election, there's always somebody trying to stuff the ballot box in some way. It's always going to happen. The question always, always, did it happen enough to alter the outcome? In most cases, no. Cheating always happens. A change in outcome is rare. So the story is, this is a quote. How do we know that's only Bridgeport, said one of the Democrat candidates, who represents an area that has grown in the more conservative, in fact, in the area. This is the exact same thing that should be happening in every single municipality in the state. We should get rid of these boxes completely. Okay, so what I understand, and I might be wrong, but what I gather from this is that Democrat really didn't care much about drop boxes until their election 
was threatened. It looked like they might not win this election. Then all of a sudden they're paying attention. Well, why not? Well, there's more conservatives in the area. Somebody's stuffing drop. Somebody is stuffing these drop boxes. Now they have video of this. Now all of a sudden AP News takes notice. On the surface, the story says the controversy is a local matter. Two candidates are accusing each other of fraud in these elections. It's a ripple effect that travels far beyond the 148,000 that could have implications for elections across the country, says the story. Trump, the front runner of the Republican presidential nomination, has been doubling down, and this is from AP News, on lies of his losses. That's their words. Despite mounting evidence uh, showing that the election was free and fair. Again, I'm just reading from AP News. Among uh, as many conspiracy theories have fueled the belief on the right that those, uh, well, a lot of this controversy was because of drop boxes, according to Republicans. But now we go to a local election in Bridgeport. And suddenly again, AP News points out, well, in this local election, gosh, it seems to be happening. The videos have trickled out since September 12th, primary in Bridgeport. Mayoral race, and it talks about who's running. Uh, and it talks about who won and who lost by how many votes. And then slowly these videos start to triple out, to just trickle out about people showing up in the middle of the night at drop boxes with like fistfuls of ballots and shoving them into drop boxes. A judge will hear arguments on the legal challenges in the coming days. So what I gather out of reading the story as I you know, read fully through it, and I'm, I'm skipping parts for time for your sake, but it also seems to me that AP News is trying to cover its own tracks here because they are pointing out that, look, there's this local election going on and it appears that people are stuffing the drop boxes for this local election. And it's very difficult to deny that it's happening because there's the video of it. They're watching it happen. That's what AP is saying. At the same time, AP News has to go back and backtrack. But, but that's not the case for um, because there's a bunch of conspiracy theorists with uh, Trump being elected. That's just conspiracy theory with Trump. But with this local election, now that's real. Interesting how throughout the article, multiple times, AP News goes back and tries to cover its tracks on that. Well, I would like to ask AP News, why the double standard there? If it's worth looking into, if you think this local election has been rigged because of drop boxes being stuffed and you have the video evidence, then what about video evidence of the presidential election where people were showing up and stuffing drop boxes because we have that too. And why has AP News just continually dismissed it but never looked into it and called one a conspiracy theory but the other reality? Now, again, the question always has to be, even in the local election, in the local election did uh, there in Connecticut, did enough happen, enough stuffing of, of the ballot box happen to alter the outcome, that's something that they have to look into. Either way, these drop boxes are a problem. And this is a local election which shows these drop boxes are a problem. It opens the door to fraud. Whether the fraud has enough impact or not, 
doesn't matter. It opens the door to fraud. And so that's why in this case, with our own Wyoming Secretary of State, Chuck Gray, who is working to get rid of drop boxes in the state of Wyoming, I'm with him on that one. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. I love watching this time of year as people start putting up decorations. Frank, it's just oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're the nine-foot skeletons are oh, still Lord, yeah. still uh, in oh. vogue. And some people, Glenn, I don't know, they must be thinking about this all year. Yeah, I mean with. Oh, sure. Blueprints and stuff. Oh, because my it's, Lord, it's, yeah. really, it's really, really yeah. detailed in sure. some of these folks. I am really folks. impressed, and I love this time of year because of that. Now, I used to have a neighbor in Cheyenne that across the street, they would take their upstairs window, and they would hang a sheet from it. And then they had a projector. And so it looked like you couldn't see the sheet anymore at night. Whatever was being projected, it looked like it was happening in the room. Oh. Like- so there would be ghosts up there, all sorts of things. It was really good. Until you do it to this level, New York firefighters respond to confirm house fire that actually turns out to be Halloween decorations. Just The Halloween decorations looked like the house was on fire and all sorts of ghoulish things were okay. happening inside. And then somebody called the fire department. It looked too real. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean... So nobody was over, overreacting nobody, in this No, no, no. It just, in fact, I'm looking at this right now. I might even be able to send you the video of this. But, yeah, as you watch this, it really does look inside. The house is on fire, (laughs) and all sorts of ghoulish things are happening inside as well. But now, as far as the fire goes, yeah, that was... If I were the fire department, and they probably did this. The fire department said, can you dial it back just a little bit? Yeah. Say, I want you to come out here Mm -hmm. and take a look at that house and tell me if you think it's on fire or not. Yes, really, yes. that's why yeah, we're here. That's why we're here, because we thought it was on fire. Okay. I, did they did they get candy? Did the fire department get candy? I, after well, they, I, I know it's so. a little early, but they should get candy. Normally, you go, to, you go to the fire station to get candy. Yeah. It's not just the nine-foot-tall skeletons. There's one house yeah, where we are that has like a nine-foot-tall werewolf. Oh, I saw I saw. there's one, a werewolf, he is sitting in his lawn chair. Really? On, on the front lawn. And this okay. werewolf is big. And then there's people who have really very realistic looking spiders that are the size of a minivan. Yeah, you know, I've seen that too. College football, how about those Cowboys? The Wyoming Cowboys beat number 24 Fresno State on Saturday on the gridiron in Laramie, 24-19. So they're 5-1 overall, 2-0 in Mountain West play. The folks had just a solid first half on both sides of the line of scrimmage. The defense held Fresno to one touchdown that first half, and the offense went wild in the second quarter. Wyatt Wheeler with two TD catches. Trayton Welch had a TD catch. It was a much different story on offense for the folks in the second half. They didn't even score a point. The defense, however, really stepped, allowing Fresno two field goals in that second half and a touchdown in the last six minutes. But the biggest play of the season was that in the last minute of this game is Cole Goodbow deflected a pass straight up in the air right from his defensive front. 
and intercepted it too. How about that? So that big loaf of bread had a nice run to you know, seal the win for the Cowboys. What a game. And we will also see what running back Harrison Whaley's status is for this week's big game against the Air Force. He left Saturday's game with a leg injury. So the NFL, the Denver Broncos are awful. They lost to the New York Jets 31-21, so they're 1-4. The Jets running game just shredded a weak Bronco defense for 234 yards total, 177 from Brees Hall. And the Jets defense sealed the game with a strip and scoop that ended in the arms of Bryce Hall, who returned it for a touchdown. Not that the Jets are all that good, but the Broncos just are a mess all the way around. And it was a revenge game for Bronco head coach, the former Bronco head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who is now the Jets offensive coordinator. He was fired after going 4-14 and last season in Denver, and new Bronco head coach Sean Payton trashed him in the offseason. Broncos have another losable game on Thursday when they play Kansas City. High school football from over the weekend, the Trona 6-1 after a 31-21 win over Campbell County. Sheridan bombarded Kelly Wall 63-8 to Cheyenne East. Wins again. They beat Cheyenne Central 41-16 in the Capitol Bowl. Thunder Basin over Laramie 44-16. Laramie is still winless on the season. Cheyenne South also winless. They lost to Rock Springs 50-3. In 2A, Glenrock was scorched by Torrington 63-0. Burns lost to Tongue River 41-7. In 9-man at the 1A ranks, Pine Bluffs over Saratoga back on Thursday 26-7. In 6-man on Friday, KC lost to Burlington 72-38. Midwest lost to Hewlett 79-72. Then on Saturday, Casper Christian lost to Dubois 74-18. to That's it in sports for now. Okay, so we have, as we were talking about earlier, a really nice-looking weekend coming up after some, like, nasty weather over there. But we need to get some of these games out of the way, Frank, before it actually turns to winter. Well, <laughs> if you haven't watched football in the winter in Wyoming, oh. you haven't been watching any football or lived in any winter. It, it happens. Well, I think the whole thing is, is not necessarily the weather conditions. It's the road conditions from point A to point B. Oh, okay. So they'll it, play in whatever weather. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you, can you get there can and can get you get there, there safely? Get yeah, right. Yeah. That's and can you get back? And because can you get back safely? I know it's happened to me, so it must have happened to you a few times. Where you, you know, the forecast was great, Frank, when yeah, you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't when we got there. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. News time after that. Open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. Much colder. Nine oh six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Paul and Casper sends me this note. If you've seen the movie Idiocracy, you've seen the documentary of Americans Today. I'm with you on that. Well, in the world in general too. But I, yeah, Idiocracy was supposed to be a comedy, but it it nails it. Now, for those who may not have ever seen the movie Idiocracy, the idea is this: when you take a look at, let's go to some place where there's just a lot of stupid people. You could say a trailer park, sure. But just go to some place where there's a lot of stupid people. And, man, they're breeding like crazy. The more actual intelligent people choose not to have that many kids. So what happens down the road? Well, this guy who is not all that smart, really not, he's in the military, and they put him in a cryogenic chamber to test cryogenic freezing. Something goes wrong. When he wakes up, he's way into the future. 
And everybody is just stupid because of breeding. And he is now the smart guy. Where in today's world, he would just be an idiot. But in the future, he's actually the smart guy. It was a great idea for a movie. And it was, I think, even brilliantly cast and written. It's a funny movie. And it's meant to be just silly funny. But on the other hand, boy, they really nailed something. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, Greta Thunberg in the dance hall. Big screen televisions, kids sweating with their arms in the air. Greta Thunberg's angry face looking down at him saying, how dare you? So let's take a look at the cost of some things here. In states and in nations all over as you know, wherever they're pushing for wind and solar energy, the price of energy is skyrocketing, mainly because this energy, wind and solar, is not clean, it's not green, it's not sustainable, it's not affordable, it's not reliable. And without the subsidies, it goes out of business. But especially the reliability is what I want to focus on right now. Get a load of this headline. Four, as in one, two, three, four, offshore projects from New York City ask for about a 50% price increase. You think we have it bad here in Wyoming where our utility company is asking for up to a 30% increase. Okay, so the story says the developer of four offshore wind farms, New York, seeking average price raise of about 50% on their offtake agreements. New York State Energy Research Development Authority calculated the company's request adjustment would impact prices all across. The projects involved, and it talks about the different companies here. Uh, let me see, there's Empire Wind. Okay. Um, I'm getting past the companies and how much you're ask, asking for. The four projects are seeking a number of relief, including retroactively applying an inflation-adjusted mechanism similar to one included in New York's recently third offshore project along with interconnection costs. Uh, exact specifications are still being discussed. So, okay. They're looking at a range of twice, uh, a price on this could be up from $139 to $190 a month. Boy, you should see what's happening in the UK on this. So, once again, everywhere where they put up wind and solar, they're asking for price increases on this. And these things are already heavily subsidized. All right, now, let's go to this story. Electric vehicles are costing auto manufacturers billions of dollars, while unions and their strikes are taking a toll. So, already, already, we have auto manufacturers trying to get into the electric vehicle market, mostly because government Biden administration is pushing them that way, especially heavily with subsidies. And yet these auto manufacturers are, even though they're trying to keep up, they're losing just billions of dollars. I wonder, I want, I'm just thinking out loud, folks. Do you think that maybe the cost of regular automobiles is so high, not totally, but in part, because these companies are losing billions of dollars on electric vehicles? I just now thought of that. It would make sense that 
some of the cost increase for new automobiles is as high as it is because these companies are trying to make up for the losses that are taken on electric vehicles. Now that I think about it, I'd like to learn a little bit more about that. I might look into it. So electric vehicles, the story says, the production is costing American automobile manufacturers billions of dollars with a range of factors driving their unprofitability as also now union auto workers are striking to demand more from management. Companies like uh, Ravion, Ford, General Motors are currently losing money on each EV that they sell despite the subsidies and the high prices that still come with it. It appears likely they will lose money up front on their EVs when they bring them to market in 2024, according to numerous reports. One company is struggling immensely, Rivian, according to the Wall Street Journal. And the big three automakers are facing an ongoing United Auto Workers strike, union demands, and so on. UAW is seeking to exact major concessions with EV, featuring a key for driver labor. You've heard about this. And, and all of the demands. It talks about the demands that they're making. I'm going to skip over that, too. EVs have played a critical role in the labor dispute. UAW leadership is concerned that a manufacturer car market dominated by labor in incentives will further increase the cost of electric vehicles, not just vehicles in general. Okay, so UAW is demanding more of its workers get into Ford, lost about $32,000 on each EV it made. Wow. Wow. Ford lost about $32,000 on every electric vehicle made. Wow. Uh, Reuters said the company anticipated they'll lose about $4.5 billion on electric vehicles this year. It's about the same for General Motors. Holy cow. Okay. I'm going to switch over for a moment because Greg is in Laramie. He wants to talk about the Hamas attack. Greg, I think at this point Hamas just has a death wish. Um, I Yeah, I would say that yeah. there's going to be deaths. But there's a lot of complications with that. I just want you to, Glenn, I, I read a lot about this last night, and okay. I think you should study the that the attack on the music festival. Right. Um, those kids were set up to be slaughtered. They yeah. did not know where that music festival was going to be until mm. about two hours before. Okay. Um, and they were basically enticed to drive closer to the mosque and... Um, that looked very organized to me. So okay. there should be there's a massive security failure, and those kids are the primary target. Yeah, that it looks like it. to me based on what I'm seeing. Yeah. So I really like an explanation out of the Israeli security forces about how that whole thing got done. I mean, yeah, BB has been fighting it internal wars instead of looking around at that. Uh, so. You know, Israel's been a divided nation, much like ours, mm -hmm. and we focused internally. Um, sometimes we get caught, and uh, so I think that's what uh, the lesson sure. the Israelis should look at, and one we should ponder as uh, we watch yeah. the situation unfold. Well, in fact, after we went through nine eleven, in hindsight, there were warning signs all over the place. We should have seen that coming. I mean, there were even people going to the FBI and the CIA going, don't you see, take a look, please, something bad is coming. 
and they just wouldn't listen to it. And we majorly dropped the ball on that one. I do think countries, any country, can get really complacent within a very short period of time. And there's enemies out there just waiting for that. Well, yeah, 9-11 was something, obviously. um, We also have a tendency to overreact without getting the full uh, story. Yeah. And so I think that's what happened post-9-11. We should have looked at... I don't agree with everything. What I'm saying is we should look at what the grievances were that resulted in those kind of catastrophic. Sometimes we just overlook those kinds of things. I, I get it from a certain standpoint, but from Mm. the other, if we overlook those things, we're doomed to make mistakes again and again. Well, Lather, rinse, repeat. I also take a look at what just happened Uh over the weekend here in Israel. And judging by Israel's just past, if they continue to do what they've done in the past, if someone turns and punches Israel in the nose and gives them a bloody nose... Israel responds by breaking things that don't heal. So in this case, I think Jordan and, well, Hamas and the Gaza Strip are in really big trouble after this one. So many people have died in just the initial attack. I don't think Israel is really going to hold back on this one. Well, uh, the question is how many, um, how many, so are you, are you saying, and, and this is what I hear. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the this is the thing about electoral politics that you get into. Yeah. If you vote, <laughs> your vote <laughs> represents who you are. Right. And if you voted for Hamas, Hamas, are you collectively guilty? Yeah. Yeah. And I would argue that if you go back and look at what back to nine eleven, if you look at what Bin Laden said mm-hmm. when justifying his attacks on America. He basically banged electoral politics. You right. voted for this. Yeah, this is what you got. I'm just saying there's a, there's an interesting uh, squishy thing there that yeah. uh, you are who you vote for. Right. And um, Wyoming should understand that. And a USA should understand that. The people that vote for Hamas should understand that. All so right. It's a kind of a pull back and look at. Yeah. who's responsible and, and how that occurs. All right. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. 888 woods the phone number. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 923 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so to respond a little bit more, because I had to squeeze that commercial break in there, to what uh, Mike and, or, I'm sorry, Greg and Laramie was talking about. So where I disagree with you on some things, Greg, if there are some people in the Middle East, this is before 9-11, that have a problem with some of our policies here in America, uh, great, let's go ahead and do something, let's deal with this, but you have no business attacking our country. You do that, it's on, and you deserve everything you get. There's absolutely no reason that in basically what they're calling Palestine, but in you know, where Hamas is. What they're dealing with here is a, yes, a terrorist organization. These are not nice people. They actually teach their kids that Jews are not human beings and they come from something else, but they're not human and they're evil. You should see what Hamas teaches children about Jews, not even being human beings. 
and they have to be murdered and destroyed and so on. And so if you have a problem with Israel, okay, go work with Israel on that. But the moment you attack Israel and kill people, now you're out of line and it's on. I do have um, Jedediah is on the road right now texting me. He's, I have a feeling that this time Israel is going to attack Iran. Could be because Iran had a lot to do with this attack here. But again, Iran... They can make some complaints about the outside world, but look at what Iran does. It's a terrorist nation. They have no business acting the way that they do. All of these people in the Middle East can get along just fine and live together, even though there's differences in their religion. Now, I'm going to forget some of you out there who's got your history caps on, you can remember which president this was. This goes back quite a ways, long before any of us were born, back into the early years of American history, right? And in the same region of the world, American ships would be boarded by pirates, which still happens today, by the way. And these pirates would steal everything, take the ships to, or burn the ship down, whichever they want to do. Strip it for parts. And take the Americans and try to make slaves out of them. Right? So we sent, our president at the time sent some envoys over there and asked, why are you doing this? And the answer they got is, well, the Koran says that you are infidels, and so we're allowed to do this to you. It's in the Koran. You're infidels. We're allowed to do this to you. The response from the American president was, oh, okay, that's what we're doing here? Okay, fine. Oh, no, fine. And so he showed, he sent our Navy and Marines to deal with them, and we did. And by the time we got done pounding the snot out of them, they realized, hey, if you attack our ships and try to steal from us and kill our people or take them as slaves, we're just going to show up and wipe you out. So how about that? And that put an end to that kind of piracy pretty quick. Okay, so the idea that is American policy always good? No. Do we make mistakes? Yes. Are we a good nation overall? Yes, we are. You want to deal with us? If you got a problem, we can certainly sit down and work something out. And most nations should be that way. But if you have a problem and you decide that your answer is to go ahead and bomb innocent people, murder innocent people, fire rockets into neighborhoods and kill whomever, kidnap children, literally kidnap children. If this is your answer, well, then... Uh, you can just forget talking about it anymore. It's on. And this is where, when I take a look at what's happening now, what Hamas is doing and, and Israel's response, that's where I had said to you, uh, Greg, that I don't think Israel's going to hold back, and nor do I blame them for that. There's absolutely no reason these people can't get along. None. If they were all to act like mature adults. But we're not dealing with mature adults here. Hamas is a terrorist organization that teaches their kids that Jews are not even human. Literally, you should go, go, go research that for a while. Go research what Hamas teaches their children about Jews. Okay? That they're not even human is just the tip of the iceberg. It's really bad. So, okay, at, at this point, Israel's under attack and Israel plans to respond and as far as I'm concerned, I I don't expect Israel to hold back, and I don't blame them if they don't hold back. 
mean, you just fired a bunch of rockets, killing, I mean, a, a huge number of people and kidnapping even more, including kidnapping little children. I, you know, I, I don't care what Israel does at this point. Just make sure they understand never to do it again. Coming up on 9.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast. Triple A 97 Woods, the phone number is Wake Up Wyoming. It's cold. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Hey, 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 Onward to the stars in Douglas. Israel will use this as a justification to take away more territory from the so-called Palestinian people, which will only make a whole new generation angry. And this will stop only when Israel, let's see, hang on, uh, basically ethnically cleanses the whole area. Oh, okay. Um, this is, oh, here's another one. Jedediah feeling Israel, yeah, going to attack. Okay, oh, also Chet and Yoder, that's the one I was looking at. Well, I mean, we, we can go ahead and blame who's at fault for what. Because this doesn't go back just within your lifetime or even in our grandparents' lifetime. You're talking about a feud that goes back thousands of years with these people. They've always been at war with each other. So what we're talking about here is absolutely nothing new. Um, let's see. Simple then says Jet, just take them all out. Okay. I look at a feud that's been going on in the Middle East for thousands of years. And again, it's one of those cases where if you really want to get serious about it, there's absolutely no reason that all these people can't just get along and live together. There's absolutely no reason why. Except that this is the way, this is why I mentioned, take a look at how Hamas teaches their kids that Jews are not even human. That's one thing. But then, you know, you want to go ahead and blame Israel for some things. I'm sure you can find some things, too. And on and on it goes, finger pointing, but he said, but she said. How about everybody just stop it? We could do that. We could just go, that's enough, just stop. But we're talking about a conflict, which is not new. Thousands of years old, this never ends. As you go back and check your history books, who has claim to the land even? Because I hear that a lot, too. It's not their land. Oh, the land has changed ownership so many times. Even before history books were written, the land was changing hands. So don't give me this nonsense about, well, the land belongs to this person. The land belongs to rightfully their land. It's rightfully our land. Change hands so many times. And we're not just talking, I'm not just talking about in Israel at this point or in the Middle East. Go all over the world. Even here in the United States, even before Europeans arrived on this continent, land was changing hands and bloody conflict. How many times over? Whole tribes were wiped out by other tribes. How many times over? Go down to South America. You want to talk brutal and bloody. Just nonstop. We just keep doing this. Okay. So as we can continue to point fingers at each other and blame everybody, this is what human beings have always done to each other. 
constantly fighting over something and wiping each other over something. The whole war that's happening right now in Ukraine, God, just talk about stupid. I mean, hey, Putin, just go home. Just take him home. In fact, I would love for the whole, it's not going to happen, but the whole Russian army just to turn to Putin and say, you know, on second thought, that's just enough. We're just going home. Just pack up and leave. That's all they really have to do. Yeah, we just decided we're just not going to fight with Ukraine anymore. We're just kind of done with it. So we're just going to go home. Now, of course, it's never going to work that way because this is how human beings are. This is why a long time ago I gave up the whole thing about pointing fingers at each other and blaming and blaming and blaming. We're all just uh, human beings can be amazing. We go to the moon for Pete's sakes. We have the James Webb telescope out there discovering amazing things in our universe. We've invented the automobile and the airplane and computers and, dear Lord, we do some incredible things. And our humanitarian side, the good that we do to each other, the good that we do for people all over the world, human beings can be amazing. And at other times, we can just be complete jerks and here we go. And there's no reason to be complete jerks to each other, but we are. Which, again, conflicts like this go back how far? So to, to keep pointing fingers at each other, can we all just stop it? But I know we won't. Which is why we'll spend a good long time, as we already have, for the entire existence of humanity. We've been warring with each other, killing each other. And I don't see that ending in my lifetime. Best thing we can do is defend against it and as and often as we can make little islands of peace where people can live pretty much unmolested, pretty much, for at least a period of time before they get attacked again. That's about the best we can do because human beings will always find another reason to go after each other again. It just never seems to end. Eddie is in. Casper, Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, sir. What you got? Well, you're talking about uh, when it went over there, the shores of Tripoli. That's a Marine hymn, sir. That's okay. That's what I was... Who was president back then? I think it was Jefferson. Okay, Jefferson. Because they were wanting us to pay tribute, and that's in the United States. Ain't no way in hell we're paying tribute. We're just going to shoot your ass. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and... What's bad about Iran, I lived in Iran in the mid-70s. In fact, I went to high school at Toronto American School. Okay. And uh, the Iranian people themselves, down at, you know, the, the regular Joe, I don't think they give a tinker's toot about, you know, if Israel exists or not. It's the hierarchy of the um, Islam, you know, the Islam leaders over there. Yeah. You know, it's a 10% that's controlling the government, that's controlling everything. Right. And, uh, frankly, if Israel was a goal to take and start assassinating every mullah in the Middle East, it wouldn't bother me a bit. Okay. In fact, I served in the Gulf twice with the Wyoming Guard, and uh, I'm also the belief that one of the reasons we went out of there with our tail between our legs is because we didn't shoot the mullahs. Mm-hmm. I was there when the four contractors were... Uh, hung off the bridge and everybody was celebrating that. Now, one mullah over there whose name I can't pronounce, we all saying how bad and stuff we are. 
first thing we should have done is put a fifty caliber round in his forehead. Right. You do that a few times, those guys keep their mouth shut. Right. I am still working you know? on the idea that you said, and I'm going to write it down. You said Tinker's Toot on the air. No one's ever done that on this program, and I'm going to write it down oh. and remember it and try to work it into a sentence of my own someday. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I forgot that you know on there. Yeah. I can't oh, no, that, that, no, you can't say anything bad, but you can get away with Tinker's Toot. Not a problem. <laughs> All right, I got to run. Thank you, 943 Wake Up Wyoming. Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox. We go Frank Gambino's waiting by. A uh, couple of things, Frank, that have neither of them have anything to do with each other, okay? Okay. Uh, rule one, number one here. Uh, advice I just found. Tips on how to fall asleep in a living room chair. You, you don't need any advice. Well, there's two you tips. You close your eyes oh, and lean your head back and uh -huh. maybe, maybe put asleep. your feet up okay. and that's it. Well, see, I, they have two things written here. One, be old. Two, sit in a chair. Okay, that's a start. Okay, yeah, that's. I think that's all the advice that you really need to know on that. Okay. Uh, next one here, and I do admire people like this. That So <clears throat> I have a, a page on social media that's for pilots, because, you know, I love aviation, yeah, mm -hmm. right? And every time I find something interesting, I post it there and people respond. I love when people come up with answers you didn't expect. So here's a story about a 65-year-old man, a pilot of a small top-wing four-seater Cessna airplane, right? He's accused of using the plane to stalk a woman for four years. Yeah. I, I read that. Yeah, just flying over yeah, her house. Really like low, over her house, over and over and over again. I took her four years to complain, but okay. Yeah. All right, got really well, bad. Well, maybe she thought it was a flying saucer or something. Right, right. So, and, and if that happened, you know, yeah. she just said, you know what, I'm calling the FAA. Yeah, immediately. Okay. So, a guy named Rick responds, I can understand using a helicopter by an airplane. Well, no, you want to. It, it isn't for. It isn't for like visual sight. No, it's to buzz. Oh, oh okay. Oh, the so house. I, I should respond to your. So Rick is thinking about stalking in the sense of staring, staring at, them. at them, which is more like less like stalking and more like just being creepy, being, and a, being creepy okay. and annoying. Yeah. But you're thinking you're just trying to annoy them by buzzing. Yes. Yeah. I see. And yeah. in which case, you would use yeah. an airplane. Glad right. you don't have a pilot's license. <laughs> right. All right, in college football, the Wyoming Cowboys had a great game on Saturday night in Laramie. They beat number 24 Fresno State 24-19. The Pokes have won five out of six and both of their Mountain West Conference games. Cowboys had just a, a magnificent first half on both sides of the line of scrimmage. The defense held Fresno to one touchdown in that half. The offense for the Cowboys went wild in the second quarter. Wyatt, Wyatt Whelan had a couple of TD catches. Trayton Welch had a TD catch. However, it was a very different story on offense in the second half for the Pokes as they did not score a point. Which means that the defense had to save the day, which they did. They allowed Fresno a couple of field goals in that second half and a TD in the last six minutes. But the biggest play of the season was in the last minute of that game on Saturday night. Cole Goodbow uh, deflected a pass right from the defensive line, straight up in the air, and he intercepted it. And then that big loaf of bread had a nice run with the pick to seal the win. Great game, and we'll see what running back Harrison Whaley's status is for this week's game against the Air Force. He left Saturday's game with a leg injury. In the NFL, the Denver Broncos are, are what they are, which is awful. They lost to the New York Jets 31-21 at home. They dropped to 1-4 and four on the year. The Broncos' run defense is like a sieve. 
234 yards the Jets rang up, 177 of them from Brees Hall. The Jets' defense sealed the game with a strip and scoop that ended up in the arms of Bryce Hall, who returned to 39 yards for a touchdown. Not that the Jets are really all that good, but the Broncos are just a mess everywhere. And it was a revenge game for former Bronco head coach Nathaniel Hackett, who is now the Jets' offensive coordinator. He was fired after going 4-11 and last season, and new Bronco head coach Sean Payton trashed him in the offseason, and the Jets rallied around him this week to win the game for him and show the Broncos up. Showing the Broncos up is not very hard. And the Broncos do have another losable game on Thursday when they play Kansas City. High school football over the weekend in 4A in the Toronto improved the 6-1 with a 31-21 win over 5-2 and Campbell County. Sheridan stayed undebeaten. They bombarded Kelly Wall 63-8. Cheyenne East posted another win, beating Cheyenne Central in the Capitol Bowl 41-16. Thunder Basin drilled winless Laramie 44-16. Cheyenne South remained winless. They lost to Rock Springs 50-3. In 2A, Glen Rock was scorched by Torrington 63-0 and Burns lost to Tongue River 41-6. And in nine-man football back on Thursday, Pine Bluffs over Saratoga 26-7. In 1A, six-man Casey lost to Burlington 72-38 on Friday. Midwest lost to Hewlett 7 79-72. Casper Christian was the Christian was defeated by Dubois 74 to 18. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and well I'm gonna be Captain Obvious really. So if your football team is really just dynamite top notch, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the weather is, you're gonna show up to Right. Them. But if your game, if your team just completely sucks, you're not going. Even the slightest hint, it looks like it might rain today. No, they're not going. You're not going. Okay. They're not going. Captain Obvious. All right, thank you, Frank. Do it again tomorrow. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming.